What are you doing here? Just... Do you mind if I hold him? <laughs> yeah, no. Here's your daddy, sweetheart. Hey, man. Here's your daddy. Hey. You remember me, right? Aaron, I made some serious changes in my life in the last couple weeks. I just got a job in the city, in Manhattan. And it's, it's just an entry-level position, but I got my foot pretty solidly in the door of a, of a, of a pretty great sports agency. And I'm, I'm gonna be making about $40,000 a year, which I hear isn't much around this neck of the woods, but I just, I want you to be able to take some time off and just be with Noah and be home. And, uh, and I'm, I'm gonna find a place to live, and I would, I would really like that, to be with you and Noah. If that's what you want, and if that's not what you want, I'm still gonna find a place close to here. You know, far enough away that I'm not gonna be a stalker or anything, but close enough that I can, close enough that I can be here. For you and for him, because I'm never gonna let this baby down, ever. Okay, uh, I don't know about you, but if you're not at least getting a little misty-eyed watching Jason pour his heart out to, you know, his, his I don't know, girlfriend, I guess. Um, girlfriend person. Person, whatever. Uh, with Noah in his arms, pouring his heart out to them, wanting to be part of their lives. Um, and whether that means living in the house with them, and I'm assuming her parents, right? Uh, I think, Um, or finding a place nearby. If if this doesn't like make you tear up a little bit, at least get misty eyed. You don't have a soul. I know. Like I broke when he um, when he asked to hold Noah, and you can just see the look on his face, like how much he's missed his son. I broke. (laughs) That part just got me, and then the rest is just tears and tears. It's like if you watch this without tearing up, you don't have a soul. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, it's so moving. It is very moving. Um, now, I'm gonna just say this right now. Um, I do have some issues with the the storyline um, 
you know, with Jason. And we'll talk about it. But <laughs> but I have absolutely no problem with that last scene. And I certainly don't have a problem with them, you know, giving Jason Street and also, of course, actor Jason Porter the send-off he deserves, basically. So this is the last time we're going to see him? I... No, but let's just say we're not going to see him for quite a while. Let's let's just leave wow. it at that. So okay. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, and, and I'm I guess I'm sorry, spoiler. I mean, warning. But I mean, look, they, they, I think it shouldn't be a surprise, right? It really shouldn't be. I mean, this is such a great scene, and you know how else are they like? How is he going to be in future episodes? Like we, Scott Porter was only going to be in this season for so long, and, and that was it. Um, you know, this is his. This is his send off. This is like his version of um, Smash, getting getting his you know happy ending, whatever. Happy ending. I you like know. it. So I don't have a problem with it at all. I I was curious because I was wondering as I was watching this, like, are we gonna like go back and forth between them and the Texas storyline, or is this just gonna be it? And I think that's I think it's good. Like I don't have a problem with this being his send off. It's I would be really upset if it was, like, something bad. <laughs> but, no, being sweet and what he deserves and staying true to the person he is, I think it's a really great send-off. It is great. It's a great send-off because it wraps up his storyline um, with enough of a hard road in, in front of him. Because, you know, he still has a job that he basically doesn't know how to do. Um, I mean, okay, yes, the Wendell thing, we'll get to all that, but... And that worked out in his favor, but look, you know, you know like, um, I can't think of his name right now, but the the sports agent, I'm pulling a blank. Um, I don't know his name either. Right. But like you said, you know, like Harvard grads are getting turned down for this entry-level job and to be a sports agent. So these are people that are college-educated coming, you know, would be ready from the get-go when they walk through those doors to, you know hit the ground running and they just they would be attack dogs and Jason is a you know a guy who has spent the last couple of years just trying to to, to live trying to make it around Dillon and New York's an entirely different beast of a city and we know that yes it is so uh and, we'll, and again we'll talk about that too because uh there's a there's a lot to talk about you know what let's just jump into it so, uh, at the beginning of this episode, right, it starts with the guys. They're all celebrating around the you know the bar. They they just they they're getting what like fourteen thousand or so each for for this house for selling it. Um, yep. Not a small chunk of change, by the way. That's actually you know it's good. It's a lot of money. You know, um, use that money properly, and that'll last you a while. Or invest it properly, and you know, in whatever you feel like is good for you and it could you know prove to be extremely beneficial and we know that that jason isn't going to waste that money you know he's going to be using that you know for his wife and kids well not wife and kids girlfriend and kid girlfriend and child single child only (laughs) at least at the moment um so they ask, you know, each other, what are you going to do? And they all kind of like, "Eh, I'm going to do this I'm going to do that. And, you know, Mindy, you want to tell her she can stop, you know, um, stripping at the, what is it again? Uh, uh, the hanger strip. 
hang no, it's not the hanger strip. It's the I can't think of the name right now. I'm pulling completely blank. I apologize, everybody. You're like you're like oh, it's the landing strip. That's what it is. Okay, um, yeah, I was yeah. close. Like they're probably like people like screaming into you know their earbuds like ah, you know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they they go around. And they kind of like do that. You know, like oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to do this. And when they come to Jason, he says, you know, I'm going to you know go to New York. I'm going to. You know, look up this guy that I, I just met recently, and I'm going to get a job as a sports agent, and I'm going to be with my my kid and, and hopefully, you know, my my girlfriend. And you know, everyone's kind of stunned by it. You know, they really didn't see this coming. And to be fair, Jason really didn't mention it. Although, I guess this was very recent, as in like the last few days. If you look at it, like logistically, yeah. it's um, more like he's kind of jumping on a moving train, kind of chance, and just going for it. Right. So, um, you know, we have Tim who's stunned, but he, he quickly recovers and he says, let's go, let's go six, let's do it. You know, when are we leaving? And I was waiting for Jason to be like, uh, you're not coming. <laughs> well, you know, it's great. And we see the guys in New York, by the way, the budget for this, um, shooting in New York was probably not, not cheap. Right. This was expensive. Even with the way they shoot this show, which is usually just, you know, two or three guys with, with cameras. Um, my guess is this was still expensive, you know, to get the, yeah. the you know, to get the, um, all the permits to shoot and everything. Uh, it's not, it's not cheap. So, gotta pay those extras. Gotta pay those extras. And, you know, just to, to shoot in New York, it costs money. Yeah, like everything yep. costs money in New York. So they probably paid quite a bit for this one episode, but they, they thought it was worth it, so they did it. So the guys are in New York City, and there's some a great montage of scenes of, of them like crossing the street. They don't like no proper curb etiquette. Uh you know, they they're way out of their league. These are these are two guys who are exactly what they seem. They they just they just walked out of their country house and into the city. And it shows, you know, they're, they're just, they're definitely not from New York and you can, you can see that all over them and the way they dress to just the way they interact with people. It's, it's not home. Yeah. New York uh, is interesting. You have to figure out how to go at New York's pace or else you're just going to get mowed down and it's, it's very intense. It is very intense. So, and I've been there, so I know it's, exactly. it's, it's crazy. Uh, so, uh, they need to get a, a suit for Jason. So they ask around. Eventually they get pointed it to this uh, place called Stuart um, something. And it's like this high-end uh, shop where you know the <laughs> suits appear to be going with somewhere around the two grand probably for a suit. Yeah. In fact, they see one and the guy's like, it's like 18 something. And they're like, hmm, this isn't going to work. I actually expected it to be more. I thought like, that's not even that bad for a you know a well tailored suit, <laughs> but yeah, <It's> <laughs> that's still like crazy for them. Well, from two guys from Texas, technically he could afford it. You know, he just got fourteen thousand dollars, but he also isn't gonna waste that money on a, on a suit. Yeah. So he they instead go down the street and they find a place that's selling two suits for one hundred fifty dollars. <gasps> Guy comes out and he's like, oh, if you $200 package, you get, you know, two shirts, two ties, you know, socks and shoes. And so, you know, they they get the package and, you know, J- Jason has a, 
looked decent looking suit to me at least you know yeah and so they make their way to um the office and it does not go as planned at all does it it's pretty heartbreaking to watch actually i thought that was just totally it for him uh that he was just going to have to find something else and that's what we would see for Jason for the next couple episodes is him trying to find an equ- equivalent job. But yeah, that was, it was heartbreaking to watch that uh, sports agent guy just crushing him and, and guilting him too because like, your buddy went and signed with blah 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 some other big shot and <laughs> I felt so bad. Jason's poor little heart's just being crushed. <laughs> Did you think he was the? Was he too uh, brutally honest with Jason, or do you think he could have actually gone a step further? I think he was pretty brutally honest because he just kind of. I think he was it was well because he was just laying out what the truth to him. He was being pretty honest, not beating around the bush, and yeah, just. Probably the only reason he invited him in there was just so he could maybe, Jason could maybe guilt Wendell or something, or even guilt Jason himself for your buddy did this or that. Because this guy's life's on the line, like Jason says. He's probably a uh, same entry-level kind of type position, or maybe just a step above it, and just trying to get someone under his belt that he can hold on to and keep his job. So I think it was pretty accurate. Right, and by the way, it's uh, Grant is the the guy, the uh, Grant, agent. Got it. So yeah, so Grant is you know, he's pretty brutal with Jason. There kind of outlines what we mentioned earlier about uh, Harvard graduates are, are not getting these jobs, and, and they're way more qualified and prepared, you know, for both the job and New York City, you know, than than Jason is. Um, so of course, Jason is completely uh, you know torn up by it. They're going down the street. Um, Tim wants to go see Broadway shows. Um, strip club. Yeah, which is of course it's it's it, the 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 Broadway show involves that kind of setting. So, um, oh, okay, I believe Combo. so. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, so he's all down and he doesn't feel like going to see you know any kind of Broadway show. And Tim, in just shocking, I mean, I guess it's kind of shocking, but it shouldn't be shocking anymore because we've seen Tim come up with good ideas, um, spur of the moment. But he says, look, you know, stop your whining, right? If you want to see your kid, if you really want to see your kid and you see your, your girlfriend, if you really want to be with them, you're going to find a way to make this happen. And then he outlines exactly what he needs to do. Look, you know, Wendell... You have a an avenue there. You have a um, leverage if you can get Wendell to that office, and especially if you can get him to sign. You know, so why don't you go down, talk to Wendell, and convince him that the place he needs to be isn't at the Big Shot uh, Sports Agency that he's being courted by, but you know, at the small agency downtown. And that's exactly what happens. They go see the Broadway show because him's like, hey, you can't do anything until tomorrow. So, hey, we're going to watch a Broadway show. Uh, so he gets what he wants. <laughs> and, which is important to Tim. Which is important to Tim. And so they go to the, the campus. Um, uh, they go there and 
you know, Jason goes in and sits down with Wendell and says, look, he, you know, he says, look, you know, this, this big agency, they don't care about you. You're just another, uh, a paycheck for them. You're, uh, another, you know, sweet car that they can buy, you know, uh, that's all you are to them. Whereas the small agency is the place you need to be. It, they'll take care of you. They're going to work hard for you because you are their, you're their paycheck. You are what's going to put, you know, food on their table for their families. Um, you know, that, and I want to stop it right there for a second because that's a nice sales pitch by Jason. But how does he know that that's even true? You know, yeah. like this is a great pitch. And I guess at the end of the day, given the situation, I think Jason isn't above stretching the truth or even in this instance lying if it means he can be with his family. Um, and at least he later admits in the conversation that like what's in this for me is I can possibly get a job here, you know? So like he at least admits that there is something in this for him, but I, I'm like, he's making these assertions without really knowing the truth. I mean, honestly, the place downtown kind of a dump, uh, really, uh, looking and yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's what happens with startups, right? I mean, you're not going to be in a nice big posh, uh, high rise or something or a big office somewhere you're going to start out small and i get that but maybe this really big sports agency is going to treat him like a king and going to get him everything he wants like those are assertions being made that he doesn't have any backs to back up but it works right yeah like i guess jason just i guess drew the blank from point A to point B from the desperation from this guy and how he was kind of just laying it out that, you know, this is probably the end of the line for his job because of this. And, uh, but I guess we're supposed to take that from, from that scene, but it is, it's a long line to draw because we're just supposed to assume that, uh, that guy's going to work harder because you can see the desperation in there, but, uh, it could have used an extra scene or something like that just to kind of, connect the dots yeah i I totally agree there Uh, i think it could have benefited uh, from just something else but i know considering what they were uh, trying to do in this episode they had you know multiple irons in the fire they really only had so much time to devote but 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 given this this is his final episode they really should have devoted as much time as they needed but um a small gripe though you know for me i just thought you know you really aren't being honest here and you don't really know what you're talking about but okay whatever you're trying to be with your wife and your I see keep saying wife you're trying to be with your <laughs> girlfriend and your child uh it's, so at the end of the day he's going to do whatever it takes and if that means just feeding Wendell a line of, of bullshit uh, that's fine by him you know <laughs> I think yeah, he probably do it yeah i mean like i said he he cares about Wendell and yes he wants what's best for him but we're down to the to the nitty gritty with with Jason when it comes to um, his life and his happiness and being with the people he cares about. Uh, this is crunch time, right? He needs to do whatever he needs to do to get there, and if that means lying to Wendell, not having an I, any idea about what he's talking about, but it gets him in that door, he's going to do it. So you know, yeah, it's. Yeah, there's a lot of characteristics about Jason that parallel Eric. 
And we can see that here because Eric kind of did the same thing last season when that other coach had his position and he wanted to come back to Texas and just kind of uh, pushed him out just to get what his family needed and be with his family, even though it cost this guy his job and his family had to move and still did it because he wanted his family to be happy. I, I love that. I love that parallel. That's a really great parallel right there. Uh, uh, Very astute because um, you're right. Jason has learned a lot from Eric and he, I think, He's learned, I mean, I think he's learned more from Merrick than he's probably learned from his own father. And I, I guess we haven't seen a lot of his parents, so I'm just kind of making that assumption. But but at least on the show, based on how much Jason and Eric have interacted, you know, it's not Jason going to his dad when he has a problem or he's seeking advice. He's always going to Eric um, because, you know, he's comfortable with him. I feel like they have a connection. And so if he's looking for somebody to point him in the right direction, he goes to Eric. And so I think you're right. He shares a lot of the same characteristics that that Eric has. And um, he has a, a directness about him. Um, but he'll tell you the truth. But like you said, in this instance, like that situation with Eric, he's willing to sacrifice his integrity on the altar of being with their families. You know, yeah, I got. He he even says it to him. A man will do anything to uh, be with his family and to support his family right. if pushed enough. Right. Yeah. So uh, it works. You know, he he gives the line of of whatever to to Wendell. Wendell uh, asks him, "What's in this for you?" Jason says, "Hey, this is a job opportunity for me." Wendell nods, understands. But then Jason says, you know, but I, I do care about where you're going. You know, I could have just left and said, hey, you know, good luck, Wendell, with this big company, whatever. But I'm here telling you, you need to come to this company because you'll be treated better. So, you know, regardless of whether or not that should have worked, it does work in this situation. And it gets Wendell back to that office. And so, yeah, so whenever Grant comes out and Wendell's there, he says, hey, man, come in. I'm not letting you leave this time without signing with us. Let's get you in the, <laughs> the room. And then he, he tells Jason to come in and wants him to sit in on the meeting. And when Wendell, as we now you know, understand without actually having to see it, uh, Wendell signs with his company. And the result is Jason gets a job. Yep, he sure does. And gets that bright future back that he wants so badly. Right. And yeah, I guess it starts at like $40,000, which I guess that's chump change for New York, but I think that's pretty decent. Right. Well, the taxes are really, really high in New York. So 40000 is not that much. Um, uh, okay. That that would be like, um, I don't know, like what you, would you, what the average income is up around where you guys are at, but um like I can say, it'd be like making maybe twenty eight or something, twenty eight thousand, maybe down here, you know. Um, so not a ton of money, but you know, it gets his foot gotcha. in the door, and ultimately that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, it's, it's something stable and that he can live off of. So, 
Yeah. Can't complain about that. Right. And, uh, you know, again, you know, if we're looking at the plausibility of this storyline, it's not that plausible. I mean, not really, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to just let that slide because I understand the situation. Scott Porter only had a handful of episodes that he could be available. He had other projects he was going to be moving on to. It, it left the writers in a bind. Uh, because of the shooting schedule he was on, he couldn't be available all season anyway. You know, So he was only available at certain times. So he had to come in and he had to shoot his scenes. And then he was off to shoot you know, the other stuff, things he was in. So it forced them to be creative. And yes, to cut corners. If you're looking at this being the most grounded, realistic version of events that Jason could have ended up on probably isn't it or at the very least not as quickly as they push this storyline if they had been given a whole season i think it would have worked beautifully if if jason would have gradually worked his way to this outcome you know if it wouldn't have been like two or three episodes like you get introduced and then at the end of the last episode you know they're like hey i'm moving to new york and then boom we're moving to new york like now and it just works yeah. out. It, it was all very truncated and squeezed together in a very short period of time. And that's not Friday Night Lights. But I also understand there are extenuating circumstances here. So, you know, I'm willing to let it slide because I understand what they were working with. And I'm not going to fault them for that. So. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, if he's going to go off and do other things, then give him a decent send off. Yep. So, take it away. What 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 we have uh, happening next is they're making their way across the bridge, and he's what rehearsing his scripted lines <laughs> to convince her to take him back. Right. So, take it away. Yeah, it, it's really nice that uh, I, I really like. I appreciate mostly Tim in this. I mean, he's been really supportive and everything. And then, you know, when Jason goes and finally sees Aaron and gives this whole speech there's this moment at the end where the camera goes in on Tim's face and it's just his face is like going red because he's got tears in his eyes and that was just like if if you hadn't broken yet you're gonna break there Mm -hmm. (laughs) there was just this whole other element like he understands like he just lost his best friend but his best friend's happy so everything's okay I I really love that added touch that the show likes to do. Yeah, it was nice to see that with Tim. You know, that the Texas Forever, I think, was great. Yeah. It echoed the pilot, you know. Because uh, in the pilot, they were all together still. Three best friends, um, Jason unhurt. Um, the future's bright for all three of them. And then shortly after that, you know, Texas Forever, things went horribly wrong and... They were sent in just crazy directions. Jason gets hurt. <laughs> Lila cheats on him with him, and it just it goes haywire. Oh, yeah. So all hell breaks loose, right? All hell breaks loose. But you know, here we see it. Um, it's a callback, but also it's a declaration of don't forget where you came from. Yeah. Um, you know, Texas will always be in your blood. And it'll be in mind, and we'll always be together. We'll always be bound by Texas. So that's great. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, you know, let's uh, let's move on to to Tyra here. Um, uh, yeah, I know you're really excited to talk about this. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm so happy. <laughs> right. So why don't you take the storyline away and you know just introduce the clip whenever you want to? But uh, why don't you cover the the Tyra stuff because I know how much you love this particular episode. Yeah. Uh, so this is just it's such a sharp turn for Tyra and we've seen you know, greatness for her. She's progressing and she even meets up with Tammy, just you know, touches base with her. She has an interview, one interview. And that is like breaking point. Like, that, that, this bothers me so much. Cause it's just, it's not her character. Uh, um, yeah. Poor Tyra. Well, not poor Tyra, but stupid Tyra. Stupid, stupid Tyra. <laughs> Um, what's the clip we have? It's which scene? Yeah, uh, that's the scene with uh, when she calls Cash prior to her interview. Right. Ah, oh, that that phone call, man. Oh uh, yeah. So before this interview, this one interview she's going to have, uh, she calls Cash because he's packing up to go. I guess be a cowboy for six months, and she asks if he's going to be faithful, and says, "I'm going to try," yeah, which so. is just. Right. The shittiest, douchebaggiest response right. ever. Right. And so sh- why don't we why don't we play the clip and then we'll we'll talk about the clip. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So here it is. Cash. Hey, baby girls. Hey, I've been trying to reach you all day. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, baby. I've been packing up all day, but I was gonna call you and just wanted to tell you how much I was gonna miss you. Me too. Can um. Can I ask you something? Well, you should know that by now. You can ask me anything. Are, are you going to be faithful to me? Come on, Tyra. Am I going to be faithful to you? What kind of question is that? Damn. All right. Look, I'm just going to be honest with you, baby, because I love you. Being on the road is hard. It's real hard. I'm going to be gone for like six months. A lot of long and cold nights. I'm going to be by myself. I mean, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best to be faithful to you because I love you. I got I to go. I have my interview. All right. Good luck. Okay. So your thoughts. So the correct response to that phone call is go fuck yourself and hang up, not break down over that and care because obviously he's nothing he's worthless he's nothing compared to you tyra but this gets to her and she goes to this interview and has this conversation with this woman and when she goes to talk to tammy she's disappointed that this she didn't have instant results from this woman and she, she immediately thinks that you know this is the way it's gonna go for everything for every college i apply to or every job i look into or any future i want and I better just cut my losses and run off with this guy who pays attention to me. And it's just not the Tyro that has come to this point. It's just, it, this is season one Tyra. Like, very beginning with Tim Tyra. Yeah, yeah I, 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 just, I see where you're coming from. Um, I want to say two things, though. I, I think that interview went horrible. 
um, when she goes in to visit Tammy and Tammy's like, yeah, well, you know, I, I think it went all right. Um, you know, I think, you know, you need to keep applying, keep doing, I think that was the, that was the easiest way for Tammy to basically <laughs> let her down gently. I, I think yeah. after that phone call with cash, we only got to see the, uh, when, when she says, tell me about yourself. And she says, well, uh, I'm from Dylan and I want to go to college. That's the only thing we hear. I think the, I think it all went horrible, right? I think what happened is she just was so rattled that it was a disaster. She and, was too emotional and it showed. Yeah. And it was a disaster. And I think it, she knew that Tammy was letting her down gently. Uh, yeah. and I think the course, of course, the cash stuff, uh, and I'm going to get to that in a second, but, you know, Tyra is sitting at the table staring at this long list of colleges that she's, you know, applying to or could apply to. Um, this is, you know, when she crumbles that up and throws it away and cash shows up, she's like, I'm going with you. This is Tyra who's just experienced and it doesn't matter the reasons why she's just experienced rejection. And we know how that works with Tyra. It's not very good, especially when she has dreams. And that's the problem with Tyra. We all, we've talked a long time about how she has little confidence in herself. Um, she's a flight risk. She's a flight risk. And the problem with her is that when she has to risk anything, when she has to risk something th- like if she wants to be happy, She's going to have to risk being disappointed. And that's the problem with Tyra, being disappointed and not getting what she so desperately wants. It's she would rather run away than try and fail because in trying, she's risking something. She's risking dreaming, you know, striving, reaching out, grabbing for that opportunity. And if she grabs it and it slips away and she doesn't get it, it'll you know it'll kill her. And so rather yeah. than go through that or just entertain the possibility, for her it's easier to just go, you know what? I'd rather not even try because at least I won't wake up disappointed tomorrow because someone said, we don't want you. And so that is why Tyra left, unfortunately. Also because Cash had to be a douchebag and had to be like, Ugh. oh, um, I don't think I can promise you that I'm going to be faithful because, you know, it's like six months and I'm on, it's lonely about myself. And, you know, and the cowboy. I'm like, Ugh. are you serious? I'm like, come on. You know, this is going to screw her up. He's not an idiot as much as he looks like an idiot. And yes, he looks like an idiot. Um, mm-hmm. He's not an idiot. And I'm not saying he knew that this was gonna this was gonna happen necessarily, but I know at the very least he knew that this was gonna screw her up for her interview. There's no way he could say what he said and not feel like that was gonna have an effect on her. I think he knew that he he wanted her to come with him, and he knew what to say to make that happen. I don't know if he actually believed it was gonna happen, but I think he was trying to make that happen. Well, you might be right. You might be right. Um, I just, I'm so scared that she's going to come back and she's going to be pregnant or worse. <sighs> you know, it, it, it's sad too because, you know, I know she, she and 
Tyra, Tammy and Tyra had a bit of a tiff a few episodes back. And um, that was when Tyra was wavering, you know, and not committing herself and you know, skipping class again and, and blowing tests and all that stuff. Um, and so they had this, this tiff and, and eventually, you know, they kind of seemed to work it out and now they're back on good terms again. And so Tammy's like, I'm, I'm proud of you. Uh, we, you know, we worked very hard. So Tammy knows, she, she knows what uh, Tyra needs. She knows that Tyra needs a fairly constant level of, um, support and motivation and reassurance um she needs that and so she she's doing that and unfortunately that doesn't it doesn't have the power of you know a, a good looking cowboy you know who probably you know i don't know is i guess better to them in, in, in bed than than landry i don't know <laughs> You know, but, <laughs> but you're like, ew, I'd rather take Landry. <laughs> yes, this guy looks... Uh, there's no strength in his in his face, in his emotions, nothing. <laughs> he just looks like just a weak, controlling, horrible little person that just should go away. <laughs> I'm so upset by this. <laughs> this is not my Tyra. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, I would take her murdering somebody again over this storyline. Wow. That is pretty harsh. <laughs> I gotta say. The most infamous storyline in the entire Friday Night Lights universe you would rather see again than this storyline. That's just... Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, we this know, we know how you feel. more cringy. <laughs> We know how you feel now. Um, okay, so let's move on because um, I think that pretty much ends Tyra's storyline. She goes to the cash, and, and they're gonna. She's like, "I'm done school, whatever. Don't care. I'm, I'm going with you." So mm-hmm. they leave. Unfortunately. Um, so at the beginning of the episode, Mac has a heart attack. Uh, Mac McGill, yeah. the assistant coach, it's hot out. He collapses on the field. Eric rushes over, says, call 911. Then we see Mac is in the hospital. Um, he's like, a, he's tr- he wants to be back on the field. Of course, Eric's like, no, you got to be in here. You got to take care of yourself. Appears like he's going to be in the hospital for at least the next couple of weeks. So, Buddy is pushing to have um, the, the uh, JD's coach, uh, QB coach, uh, pushed into the uh, spot, McGill's spot, Mac's spot. So that you know they have a functioning staff. Uh, Eric, of course, is resistant to this. He doesn't want anything to do with it because that would mean playing into the McCoy family and their desires. Um, yeah, which Eric doesn't like. Yeah, they've stepped too far into his world that he's doesn't want any more that has any association with them to come more into his world. And that means this guy who I guess is JD's personal coach. Yeah. He's the one that's always in the field with him, like making him go through drills and, you know, throwing the ball and timing and footwork and all that stuff. So, yeah. And his father is just even stranger because he goes, 
waits for Eric by his car and just like, I'm glad you hired him and you could put our differences aside. And he gets, he thinks there's a problem where there isn't one. And then when there isn't a problem, he thinks there is a problem. He's just, he's so messed up. This guy is so weird. Well, look how last week ended with with his son, you know, not relying on him as we talked about and then he just likes this ah, I'm mad and just leaves and at the end of the game and just goes off in a huff somewhere you know he's just gonna have a full-on meltdown one of these one of these episodes i, th- I predict it now it's coming i think he's got to be like taking ulcer medication like that's the only thing i right? could think of like he has to be suffering from massive ulcers and that guy seems like he is constantly under a massive amount of stress usually only by his own making so yeah it's totally his own doing right. like oh that guy's crazy right um so let's move on to tammy and eric now well, well actually let's first mention this so uh to resolve the storyline here i've got um so he, they eric does he talks to tammy tammy says you know look i know this isn't your this isn't what you want but it would make the best transition for JD and it would give him the support he needs in the playoffs. Da, da, da. She gives him, you know, why, the reasons why it would, it would be beneficial. Eric listens, isn't happy about it, but he eventually does offer the guy max position only until Mac gets back. So it's only a, a two week thing. And then he's back to his normal position and everyone's back to doing what they're doing. So, yeah. uh, Tammy and Eric, uh, this week have a bit of a problem, and that is there's a house on the market it's a foreclosure. It appears like the McCoys, um, Katie specifically, seems to be ha- seems to have connections because usually foreclosures you're not allowed to walk through prior, you know, to it being bought. It's usually you don't get to see that, um, at least not in the current state that it's in, uh, as in like the timing. So she's able to pull some strings and get uh, Tammy in there. Tammy, of course, is in love with this house. And I got to admit, it looks really, really nice. And, I'm in love with this house. <laughs> yeah, it's a great house. And this is like the house of their dreams. So Eric comes by. She gets Eric to come by. And um, Eric, he's a wary. He knows that, that the McCoy family is involved. Although Katie seems nice and everything it's just that anytime the mccoy family isn't close proximity to anything going on around him at all uh he's, their name is a trigger yeah, word to it, him he's worried in and so because he feels like everything comes at a price with them so anyway he goes and checks it out but he's like look we cannot afford this and it devolves into a bit of an argument because he's just like look this isn't doable Period. I'm out of here. And so he leaves. Um, so then <laughs> the the dinner scene with, with Matt and Julie and all that occurs. And we'll get to that because uh, I'll wait and talk. That was great. Yeah, I'll wait and talk about that whenever the, Julie, or the Matt and Julie stuff come around here in a bit. But uh, that happens and there's a bit of a hop at the table. Bad feelings on both sides, especially Tammy's. And... Um, they're sleeping, or at least Eric's sleeping. Tammy can't sleep. She wakes Eric up and says, hey, you know, we need to talk about this. I want us to go back at the house. I want us to actually look at it. I want us to discuss this as a family. I want us to be involved in the the end decision needs to be done 
with us on the same page, you know, discussing, talking about it. And so he agrees and, you know, we shift to another scene here where the the real estate agent's prattling on. Apparently she's a motor mouth. And <laughs> uh, at some point Eric's like, hey, can we just have a moment to ourselves? And that begins uh, uh, a nice, very nice scene. Um, it's like the quintessential Friday Night Lights scene is Tammy and Eric talking, resolving an issue, resolving a problem, discussing something of importance. And uh, again, representing, I think, the best and most realistic marriage I've ever seen on TV. So uh, here is this scene and uh, we'll discuss it once it's over. <laughs> Pretty great, right? Honey, as much as I would love, love to give this to you and to the kids and to myself, it's a beautiful house. No doubt about it. We cannot do this. It is a lot. If we ended up getting this, I would go crazy. I would not sleep at night. Financially, uh, we cannot do this. I am sorry. Okay, um, what were your thoughts on this scene? I thought it was a great scene, a really great demonstration of the strength that their marriage has. Uh, especially, like, you know, she's, of course, with this, she understands, of course, that it's probably too much of a burden for them to take on, and she's disappointed, but to her, it's more important that they just be able to civilly discuss this and come to a conclusion together as husband and wife. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful scene. Especially the, she, he ha, he looks like he's disappointing her and he's worried that this is going to make her resent him and she's going to be upset, but she just does the 180 and, you know, just as a, talks to him and just says like, it's okay. Like I have everything I want. I have a good life. Yeah. There's no complaining to be had and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's definitely a wonderful representation of a marriage. Well, it shows what perspective brings as uh, somebody who has a mature outlook on life. I mean, even at the end of this scene, there's no doubt like this is her dream house. She really, 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 really wants this, but she, she also understands where they're at financially 
herself. You know, in a way, it was almost like just wanting to entertain the dream for just a little while longer, knowing full well what the outcome was going to be. And I think you're right. It was just about them discussing it as a as a couple, as a family, and coming to at least an understanding at the very end. And when she says, look, I, I don't need this. And she's right. She doesn't need this. This isn't about, like, this whole house was never about need. Like, their house that they have is perfectly fine. It's not probably what they would really like. They might and probably deserve to have a little more room than they current, you know, currently do with now, you know, Gracie Bell in the family. And uh, so less room and all of that, but it's not a need. A need is I'm living on the street. I need a place to live. That's a need. Yeah. Uh, this is, I have a house that's, that's got a functioning roof. We have water, we have electricity, we have food on the table. Um, that is something that they need. This is a want. This is a desire. This is something that they aspire to have. And she's saying this essentially at the end when she says, I don't need this. I have everything I need. And I think it's very true. She has everything she needs. This was a great dream. She would love to have this, but it's not a complete necessity. Yeah. And it's not the right time. If it doesn't feel right and you can't be confident to you know, jump into that together, then it's not the right time and it's not the right house. Well, That's something yeah. they can wait for down the line. Well, he says it best when he says, look, if one of us loses our jobs, I mean, which is not out of the realm of possibility, just because anybody can lose their job at any time. We know that. Yeah. Um, but if one of us loses our jobs, we are screwed. We're talking, we're in foreclosure now, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. But, um, yeah, so th this was a great, a great um, storyline for them. I really enjoyed the, that uh, in this episode. I really thought it's been a little while since we've had one of those quintessential scenes with those two kind of depicting this. It's, you know, but this really hammered home the greatness of their, their relationship once more. Truly. And I like that... You know, the relationship that Matt and Julie have now, it's kind of a reflection of Tammy and Eric. They kind of have the same um, maturity that's been blooming in the way they're handling their own relationship. And that's also shown in this episode when um, Julie just kind of speaks for Matt in stepping up, he like he wants to be, uh, I guess I'll backtrack a bit. He's trying to get a different position on the team as a receiver. A wide receiver, right? yep. yep. A wide receiver, um, so he can at least be a part of the team um, in something he's still good at and can contribute to instead of just being benched. And it's his senior year, and he deserves that. And Eric knows that, and it's probably been at him, guilting him a bit. Um, but he's... You know, worried. I mean, something happens to JD and there's no backup. Like, yeah, they're screwed. Right, because if Matt gets uh, hurt and JD gets hurt, they're done. They may as well not even go out in the field because they're not going to win. Exactly. So, you know, he, while he's guilted by not being able to give this to Matt, he's also worried about what would happen to the team if he did give that to Matt. Uh, but Julie kind of pushes him because she knows her father and she's trying to make a point to Matt that you just need to push him a bit and maybe just show him that you can do it and 
do a bit of a demonstration and see where it takes you and just prove that you've got it and that you're willing to go up against him. And that's definitely the way you got to approach Eric in trying to get what you want. Right. It, it, I mean, we've seen Matt uh, in this scene and in a few other scenes uh, more recently on the show. I mean, he's he's ballsier now with Eric. He'll, he'll speak his mind more than he did when yeah. he was in season one and to a certain extent, um, a large extent, season two as well. Um, he's willing to kind of just say, Hey, this is what I think I, you know, we need to do, or I think we need to do, or what I need to do, uh, for the team, for myself. So he's willing to kind of go up against Eric a little bit, you know, uh, to challenge his perceptions of, of him. And, uh, I think that's necessary here, you know, for, for him to grow as a person, you know, he needs to be able to challenge Eric a little bit. Uh, and of course, he's dating his daughter, so this is kind of a big deal, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah. So they go, you know, Eric takes him out and he throws ten passes to him. Says, "If you make all ten passes, I will, you know, consider doing this." And they meet. There's nine in a row. And then the last one, you know, it was like as Eric says, he's walking away. It was a, it was a, a, a shit throw. It was a bad throw. It was way past. <laughs> You know, Matt, he could never have caught that. You know, that wasn't his fault. So, but he's like, I'll consider it. So, and we see it actually follow through because they're in practice. Uh, guys aren't running the right routes. So he calls, uh, he calls uh, Matt out. Matt runs the routes, catches the ball. And uh, the look on Eric's face, well, behind the glasses, we can't really tell. But it must be a mixture of concern and this might work. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, this could work perfectly and take us to state. Or if something bad happens, we're all going to be in a lot of trouble. Right. And I want to mention something briefly here. I, I am a little I'm a little disappointed you know, that that announcement that Matt made a few episodes back when he was benched, when he's like, fine, I won't quit the team. I'll stay. But you're going to hate it. And I'm going to hate it. And... That really hasn't had much follow through here, you know, like Matt's doing his job, which I expected him to do. But and he does mention that 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 Eric's been hard on him lately, uh, that they blew up at him. And he, ever since then, he's been a bit hard on him. But I don't see I guess I didn't see the follow through on on Matt's side. Like, like I thought almost like he was going to make sure that Eric hated benching him. <laughs> Like yeah, exactly. Find slightly small ways to kind of make it a real pain, you know, to make him maybe regret a little bit uh, what he did and uh, the the outcome that he chose. So I guess I'm a little disappointed, but I also know that kids say stuff in the heat of passion. People say stuff in the heat of passion and often don't follow through on it. So I guess it's kind of realistic in a way. It was just, he was mad. He needed to vent his anger. He was really pissed about it. And, but at the end of the day, he wasn't really going to make sure that Eric, you know, regretted it just, you know, so I, I guess I don't have a massive problem. I just, I guess I wished I would have seen that play out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There was just, it was said and we really loved it, but we didn't see anything to follow up to it. On its own, it's perfectly fine. It would have been nice to see something to tie into it, but I can let it go. 
Uh, let me think here. Is there anything else we didn't cover? I don't think that. I think that's pretty much everything that I can recall. Yeah, we went. I think we went through everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, Sarah, why don't we wrap this up here? Unless there's anything you want to talk about, uh, we can wrap this up. Why don't you give final thoughts and your grade for the episode? Okay, final thoughts, man. This is definitely a jam-packed episode. We've been getting quite a few of these lately where there's a lot of content in it, uh, a lot of storylines happening at once that are having major developments. And If this is the... Um, not the last time we see Jason, but the last time we see him for a while. I, I like the send off. I wish it had a bit more time to develop. Um, but the end result is pure Friday Night Lights gold and hits you right in the heart and just perfect. Um, and especially with the touch of Tim throughout this, you know, he is supporting his friend and helping him and pushing him to, you know, get what he wants and what he thinks that Jason deserves and the look on his face at the very end was just it he it made everything worth it for him and we all loved watching that um, Tyra and Cash stuff I just can't even I can't even <laughs> can't even go there because I'm so unhappy about that I'm just mm, I'm really curious to what that what happens with that I hope she just comes to her senses and is back in school the next day, but I, I know that's not going to happen because <laughs> that's just not going to be the Friday Night Light way. But uh, yeah, um, Matt and Julie, love that stuff. Eric and Tammy, you know, great conflict and resolution, uh, great representation of marriage. Loved it. <sighs> this would be a higher episode if it was not for the Tyra stuff, but because of the Tyra stuff, it is a B minus for me. <laughs> Wow, that really knocked that grade it down. I mean, I feel like down. if it weren't for the tyrant stuff, I feel like this would have been like a like a B plus or an A minus or something. It would have been an A minus if wow. not for the tyrant. Wow, stuff. you knocked it down a full grade. Wow. Yep. Okay. Um, boy, I guess that's 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 what you get for admitting that you'd rather see a murder on this show again. Um, okay. Well, I didn't expect to grade that low, but uh, all right. So, for me, um, you know, this last week was, I think, a slight misstep. I think we both agreed that it was a slight misstep um, for the show. It wasn't a bad episode, necessarily. But it wasn't up to the standards that, that I mean, most of the episodes of the season have been, which have been in the, the B-plus uh, to, you know, A-A-plus territory which is, I think, where most uh, Friday Night Lights episodes, I think, are, are, are around that level, um, especially if we're talking about season one. Uh, and season three, on the whole, has been a really, really good season with a back to the kind of quality we saw in, in season one. Uh, so last week was a bit of a misstep. Um, this week, however, I felt like we got back to, you know, what makes Friday Night Lights great the qualities that really um, exemplify uh, or and are emblematic of this show. When people talk about it, what's the great things about this show? This episode, um, I think, really gets to the core of that, which is, you know, uh, small-scale stories, intimate storylines, uh, grounded, um, grounded uh, storytelling, 
and you know great dialogue things like that that's that's the hallmark of the show i i like i said i i am i'm giving the jason plausibility of his storyline i'm giving that a i'm not grading that i'm not letting that affect my grade in this episode uh some people might have a a, a problem with that me feeling like i should grade the episode regardless but i i can't do that i know why things are the way they are when it comes to his storyline and the issues at, at the heart of the show when it came to the writers and how much time they had to give scott porter the send-off a send-off really and so i understand what they were up against here i'm not going to fault them for that i'm not going to you know, make this grade lower because of it. Um, other than that, there really isn't a whole lot. Of course, you know, I agree. I I didn't like the Tyra storyline simply because it takes a character who appeared like she'd finally turned the corner for good, and has now pushed her back in a in a darker uh, direction. Unfortunately. Uh, so while I dislike that storyline for what it does to the character. Um, the rest of the episode, I felt like, was just pure Friday Night Lights gold, really. The storylines were, were great. The, there was complexity to the relationships and the storylines. Uh, sometimes there were no easy answers, like the Tammy Eric stuff. Um, you know, and, and even to a lesser extent, the, the uh, Matt Eric relationship, and we're seeing the, the dynamic and how that plays out. You know, we've, we saw that um, in the episode, and I thought that was really good. I, you know, I, I like this episode. Uh, there's a little bit to find fault, but there isn't a ton. And so, you know, for me, I got to give this thing a B plus. Okay. I think it's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah. There's a few things. I'm that pretty are, biased yeah, against that Tyra story. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things wrong. You know, there's a few things they could have done maybe a little better, but... On the whole, I don't have a lot of problems with this uh, episode. I think it's a above average. I think this is, you know, Friday Night Lights at its it, it worst. This is how bad we want the show to be, which is pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you can go anywhere a B plus to it to an A plus, if you can be in that territory, you're doing pretty good as a show. And so this to me is, uh, I think, a pretty good grade for the episode. I think that's pretty fair. <laughs> I'm being pretty harsh, but <laughs> I, I can't push it up. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I got it. Uh, okay. Um, so, Sarah, how can they send in emails or, uh, you know, rate us and review us on iTunes? You can do so. If you want to send an email or, or even a voicemail, you can do so by sending it to freakinggeeksmedia at gmail.com. Brought on Twitter at freakinggeeksmedia. And then as well, we are on patreon.com forward slash freaking geeks, where we have other, you know, giveaways and content and all kinds of goodies out on there. Uh, and then if you would be so kind as to hop on to iTunes and, you know, give us a like, a review and a rating, uh, it gets us noticed and more listeners be able to find us, which is wonderful. And we can find more of you. Okay. Well, that looks like that's it for us guys and girls. Um, we'll be back uh, next week, of course, with a, a new episode, and uh, we're, we're fast approaching the tail end of uh, 
of season three. You know, there's only 13 episodes, crazy. right? Yeah, it's crazy. 13 episodes, crazy. Uh, next week is episode seven. So we're officially past, we'll be officially past the halfway mark uh, of the season. Mm, so, you know, we're, we're getting there. And so season three will be coming to a close in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, and then we'll be on to season four and we'll be officially, you know, on the the downside of the series, really, because we have uh, 13 episodes in season four and 13 episodes in season five and we are done. So we're looking at a, a I believe, a, a spring finish date. So next year yep. come somewhere between, say... I'm guessing somewhere around like March, beginning of March to midway through April uh, or late, late April, uh, somewhere in that time frame, depending on what happens, you know, um, we'll be done with uh, Friday night lights. So, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> All right. So uh, I guess that's it. Um, I guess we'll end it as we always do. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Can't lose. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Have a good Good night.